just wondering if we have some, uh, some anything to talk about uh, in terms of your meditation practice, any sort of guidance I can give you, anything to help with this stuff? I get sound working here. There we go. Okay. So. Everybody's having very good meditation sound, right? That's good. That's the way it should be. having any problems and there's no question. Good evening, Adam. Welcome. A good meditation session is one where you sit down on time and you, you stay on the cushion until the bell rings. And if you persevere in doing the practice according to the instructions the whole time, you know, instead of daydreaming or things like that, it's even better, right? And if in the course of sitting there, you happen to notice just how insanely active your mind normally is, uh, that's good too, right? And if while you're sitting there, your mind quietens down a little bit, that, then that's really good. not such a thing as a bad meditation. Sometimes I feel like I'm having real bad meditation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if, if you had if you had what you call the bad meditation, can you put your finger on what why it is that you consider it a bad meditation? Yes. What? Yes. Um, 
This morning, for instance, um, I was so excited. I had several projects. There were time limits, you know, time. There were constraints, you know, had to get things. But I was also very excited about a lot of things. You know, half was pretty happy, felt very energized, and um, very hard to get my mind to just set it all aside and really focus. So I ended up having to abbreviate my sit, <laughs> and um, because it just seemed fruitless. And many, many other times it seems like it's marvelous and quiet and so on and so forth. But there are times when the mind is very, very monkey-like. Yes. Well, that's wonderful. That's that's a very good example to talk about. So. You say that you call it a bad meditation because uh, because your mind was very very distracted, very busy, very monkey-like. And in this case, you were happy. The things that were on your mind were good things. But you looked at it and said, "Oh, my mind is very busy. This is a bad meditation." Right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. Okay. Um, and if I understood correctly, it sounds as though you ended the session early because of that. Okay. That's what I would say maybe with that meditation. Okay. But what I want to look at is is what gave you the feeling that this was a bad meditation and caused you to end it early because I would assume you came to the conclusion that, oh, this is a waste of time because my mind just won't settle down. Was it something like that? Yeah, yeah, probably so. I, I just felt try as I might, and I really did. Okay. Uh, to quiet my mind, focus on the breath, tried several ways of getting at that. Um, and my mind just was in a state. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, I found it, I hate to say impossible, but it certainly seemed that way at the time. Yeah. So there's probably part of it, too, is that uh, not, was that there was a certain amount of frustration that you were trying to do something and it was not happening the way you Let me give you a different perspective on that meditation, which maybe you can apply and everyone can apply in those kinds of situations. Because you, you do, you have those kinds of situations. And they, you know, uh, it's inevitable that they arise. And this one, what's nice about this one, from a subjective point of view, is you were happy and in a good mood, and the agitation of your mind was was to do with things that are positive in nature, right? But we can also have these kinds of meditation when what's our mind is negative and upsetting and has a lot of unhappiness associated with it. So, well, let's go back to the meditation. You find, you sit down and meditate, and you discover the state that your mind is in which 
perhaps you would have recognized that without meditating. But certainly, when you sat down and tried to focus your attention for a few minutes, you became clearly aware of the state of your mind. And as you continued to do so over a period of time, before you, you gave up, you probably, inevitably, became, during that period of time, more and more clear of the kinds of things that was on your mind. Uh, just clearer, in general, of, uh, of the whole state of mind and behavior of your mind and where you happen to be this morning. Is that not true? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing, right? So it was a good meditation. Um, if you have expectations, if you want your meditation to be the way it was yesterday, then that will produce some frustration and disappointment. Um, and that's okay too. Except there's this subtle thing that if we buy into the disappointment and frustration at the uh, I am level, you know, oh, I'm frustrated, oh, I'm disappointed, oh, this isn't a good note, this isn't the way I hoped it'd be, this is not going the way I wanted it to. And then you feel bad, right? Um, you can stop that short by saying, oh, well, I'll just get up and go have a cup of tea, make a phone call, or go do these other things. But it's putting you in touch with a really basic truth that, that our unhappiness comes very often when we have expectations and things don't turn out the way that we expect them to. All the meditation really is doing is bringing a space to face with what is really going on in your mind on a particular occasion right now, which is a representative sample of the kind of things your mind does all of the time. But it's, it's, it's bring, it brings it all into focus. When you, when you try to uh, keep the attention fixed on a meditation object and when you try to maintain mindful awareness, this has the huge spillover effect of making you aware of everything else that's happening in your life other than the things that you're intentionally directing uh, uh, yourself towards happening. And that is, uh, that is one of the positive benefits of meditation is, is that awareness. That is the seed of the insight that the longer you spend meditating, the longer you spend experiencing what actually happens in your mind, the clearer and clearer many different things become. You know, that understanding percolates in. So you're actually having a good meditation. Even though, uh, even though it may not be going the way you you wanted it to, or hoped it to, or expected it to, what is happening will teach you certain things. The reaction of your mind to having experience that is at variance with your expectations will teach you something that's fundamentally very important. And if you can, uh, I, I want to use the word 
savor, if you can savor the sense of dissatisfaction that spontaneously seems to arise from the depths of your mind when you put yourself in this position of trying, of persisting in trying to do something and it doesn't follow your intentions, you know, that th this is very illuminating as well. So, that was a good meditation. You probably did learn a lot about from it. You could possibly have learned even more. And uh, the first example I gave of a good meditation was that you sit down, and if you don't get up until the bell rings, then, you know, that, that would have made your good meditation an even better one. There, there is tremendous value in just the simple training. Uh, the, the discipline that's involved in continuing to sit even when you don't feel like it. And even when it seems like it is unproductive and, and, and uh, pointless, there is a real value in just persisting in doing that although it doesn't seem like it. Um, and, and the payoff comes somewhere down the road. So you don't, you have to, you have to have a certain amount of faith, a certain amount of confidence that, that indeed what all these different meditation teachers say, they wouldn't all be saying it, hopefully, if it wasn't true. So there is, so there is that value in it. And even if you can't see the benefit immediately, if you have that faith, and if you if you go ahead and sit for the whole time, it's been a good practice, it's been a good practice experience. And then the other thing is that while you're sitting, anytime, uh, for whatever reason, anytime meditation doesn't go according to your desires and expectations, there's a number of different things that can happen. You can resolve to stay sitting, but try to entertain yourself until the time is up. We've all done that sometime or another, I'm sure. I certainly have. And uh, if you can recognize that you're doing that, then you can examine that, and you can explore it, and then you're meditating. You can set it aside and you can examine the feelings that make you want to just find some way. So what what does this mean? I only have so many uh, seconds of life to live and I don't even know the number of them. And now I'm trying to find a way to leap over the remaining minutes in my sit as if they didn't exist. And how many times have I done that in my life, in one situation or another. So, the, the thing to remember, meditation is about discovery. It's about discovering the truth that, uh, that is your existence and your conscious experience in the present moment 
is the essence of your experience. So it's always there. Meditation is about trying to get to that place where you can actually see what's happening as your life is unfolding. And what can be learned from it is, is virtually infinite. And it's also unpredictable. It's whatever you open yourself up to learning in the moment when you sit down to meditate. So if you just stay there the whole time, and then secondly, if you just try not to engage in some way of escaping from the present and leaping into the future when this ordeal is over with, that is a good meditation. It's going to benefit you in some way or another. And it's also going to contribute to the training of your mind. Now, monkey mind. This is where your mind is very energetic. The agitation is due to an excessive amount of mental energy circulating around. And so the mind moves very quickly and it doesn't rest anywhere very long. But all of the focus is in mental contents. Is that not, does that agree with your experience this morning? It's all mental contents. An antidote to that is to put your attention in the physical experience, in the, in the sensations of the body, in the present moment. So if your meditation object is the breath, that is a physical sensation. But in, in the face of the monkey mind, sometimes that really isn't enough. So you go ahead and expand it. Just be aware of, of the pressure. You know, I'm sitting here now. You're sitting there now. There's, there's the sensation of your, your legs and your buttocks on cushion. There's the sensation of your clothing against your skin. There's the movement of the air. Perhaps you even feel the beating of your heart. Certainly you feel the movements that spread throughout your body with each inhalation and exhalation. So one of the little tricks that you can keep in mind that when you're experiencing uh, an overly energetic mind that is leaping from thought to thought and idea to, to one to another like that, is to see if you can't center yourself in the body, ground yourself with that contact with the earth. Ground yourself in the fact that your body is an inseparable part of this material world. And just get into that place of contact and just go as far away as you can from, from that agitated mental activity and see if you can find some calm in that. And I find, I find that that works really well. It works well in meditation. It works well if you find yourself laying in bed at night and your mind is agitated and it's hard to go to sleep because you're thinking about things. Get into your body. Get into your bodily sensations as much as you can. Whenever you get back into the mind stuff, get back into the bodily sensations. That's, that's a very good way of dealing with the monkey mind. But not with the idea that, that this is going to make the monkey mind go away. And if the monkey mind doesn't go away, well, it's a disaster of the meditation good. It's just something to do to try to calm the mind down. 
to maybe make the meditation be a little bit more like what you had hoped it to be. But if it isn't, always be open to accepting this is what this is what I have right now in this moment. This is my meditation. And it, meditation is discovery, so the, the question in the back of your mind should be, what is this teaching me? What is there that I can discover from this? So, so yes, that's why I say there is no such thing as a bad meditation, except when you when you get up. And it was a good meditation until you got up. <laughs> you know, when every single time you bring your attention back to the meditation object, you are exercising a kind of mental muscle, a mental faculty. Uh, it's called directed attention. And it is... It's, it's one of the uh, five, uh, what are they called, jhana factors. So, uh, directed attention and sustained attention. Uh, they're called jhana factors because they are supremely developed at the point where your mind is, is able to enter into these profound states of absorption called the jhanas. But from the very minute, the very first time you sit down to meditate, very minute you sit down and, and, and focus your attention, you're starting to practice directed attention. And the other part of that is sustained attention. You try to keep your attention on the object as long as you can. And these two things are so powerful when they're developed. And the whole secret of development is just repetition. You, Whenever the attention wanders, you direct it back. And then you try to sustain the attention, and whenever you feel it drifting, you bring it back. So, uh, and as long as you try to do that, as long as you're consistent in directing and sustaining the attention, then you will you will gain all of the possible benefits of meditation, because that is that is the beginning of everything. Is learning directed and sustained attention. So, doesn't matter how agitated your mind is, it's only giving you more opportunities to practice directed attention. And if your mind's not so agitated, it gives you more opportunities to provide, to practice sustained attention. So it's win-win either way. Evening, Brian. Good to have you. Thank you, Pam, very much. That was, that was a very good thing to raise. Does anyone else have uh, further thoughts on, on this? Or anything else?
I was actually talking about one other very important thing that comes from meditation without explicitly identifying it. And that's introspective awareness. That's being aware of what's happening in your mind. Very important part of, of meditation. And when I said, no matter what's happening, it's an opportunity to learn something or discover something, but only by only be by being in that attitude of, of attending to what's taking place in your mind. And there's a very important distinction between attending in a mindful, introspective way and what often happens where we get caught up in the contents of our mind. It's, it's, it, it's a, a little bit of a, a, a trick to uh, learn to have that, there's many ways to put it, it's a little bit of a, uh, an objective perspective, uh, non-involved objective perspective. It's also like an awareness that comes from, a, from sort of a higher vantage point for looking, looking down. It is a non-identified perspective. Um, and one little trick that's sometimes useful for cultivating that is to just say, what, what, if, what if I examine my own mind as if I was a visitor you know, to something? You know what I mean? Supposing your awareness could be dropped into somebody else's head and you could just have a look around and watch what was happening there. Actually, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> you kind of imagine how you would be, it would be uninvolved, you know, I could, I could go inside somebody else's mind and be able to watch what's going on without getting caught up in it and judging it. And, uh, so if you, could, if you could imagine what that would be like and then try to apply the same thing to observing your own mind in an unattached, non-judgmental, uh, just curious to see what's happening, kind of work. We spend a lot of time honing our awareness to, as the breath becomes subtler and subtler, being aware of uh, all of those uh, sensations that are rapidly taking place, arising and passing away. But all of this honing of our awareness is really for the purpose of being able to turn it around on itself and to have to apply that awareness introspectively to understanding the processes that are taking place in our mind. Yes.
Well, I, uh, I do agree with that. And just, just to recap, it's the idea that the interconnectedness of everything is such that there is the idea that the, how did you put it, the great is contained within the small and the, or uh, as the uh, Dalai Lama put it in the title of a book he wrote, put up about two years ago about science and Buddhism, the universe in a single atom. And uh, this has been put in a number of ways, that, uh, but the idea is, is really the same. You mentioned the idea of the fractal, these, these amazing mathematical, uh, geometrical uh, formula that reproduce themselves on every scale from the largest to the smallest, but the same pattern is present no matter what the scale. And uh, so you're making the observation that uh, that seems to apply to what we're talking about here and what we're experiencing here. And it does. When you, the more that you discover about what you refer to as your own personhood, that is a reflection of, of the universe. Uh, the trick is being able to see clearly, see your own personhood clearly enough so that you can recognize the universal in it. But One of the ways that this idea that's expressed in so many different ways, one of the ways that it's expressed that I think is, uh, is somewhat dis difficult to grasp and therefore can be misunderstood, but is a very important idea that the Buddha nature is in all of us. And the Buddha nature is synonymous with ultimate truth. And uh, so ultimate, the ultimate truth, the ultimate reality we see is, is within us. And the ultimate nature, the Buddha nature, is also within all of us. And so in a way, what we could say that we're doing as we investigate our own personhood is trying to discover that Buddha nature. And once discovered, it's, it's not something that is particular to this tiny, insignificant, absolutely insignificant self, but it is significant in uh, a, a very, in, in, the mo in the fullest possible sense. So. And then there's all kinds of other things in between. You could say, yes, well, do you notice what's happening in your mind in this moment while you're meditating? It gives you insight to what's happening in your mind in the rest of your life as well. So that's another way in which you find the whole uh, in the tiniest of the parts. Not the way people describe this as a holographic view. Because if you create a holographic image and store it on film, uh, then and the way this works, actually, I, I don't know if any of you have ever seen 
holograph, holographs that you know, I saw one at uh, 1986 Expo. I think it's the only time I've ever seen a large holograph, but it looks real and you can walk all the way around it and look at it from different sides and it's amazing, but there's nothing there. But it's produced by polarized light passing through ordinary uh, photographic film uh, that's been processed in a very special way so that it acts like this. But what's most interesting about it is you can take the negative, so to speak, that you put the polarized light through that would create the hologram, and you can cut a tiny corner off of it and shine the polarized light through that, and you get not a tiny piece of the image. You get the whole image. It's just it's very weak and fuzzy. But the whole thing is there. And that's kind of that's kind of the same idea that we're talking about here. If, if the whole the whole thing is there. Ultimate reality is present, right? In, accessible to each of us and, and present in every moment. It's just very, very fuzzy and hard to grasp. But it's all there. There's no parts missing. Anyway, that's a good observation. <laughs>